Hi, my name is Autumn Dixon, and this week is January 8th through the 14th of the Come Follow Me program associated with the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. It is the year 2024, which means we are studying the Book of Mormon. And for this week, we're studying in First Nephi. Now, in these first few chapters that we have to study this week, there is a lot happening. And we find so many righteous patterns of living. We find patterns of revelation of how the Lord speaks to us. There are so many different kinds of revelation occurring in this, these first few chapters. We learn about righteous patterns of progression and personal testimony and how those get led along. We learn about the perfect timing of the Lord and how He sets everything up ahead of time so that we can succeed. But the pattern that I want to talk about today has to do with parenting. Now, verse that you're all familiar with, this is 1 Nephi chapter 1, verse 1. I, Nephi, having been born of goodly parents, therefore I was taught somewhat in all the learning of my father. I want to talk about this pattern of righteous parenting in the context of Lehi and Sariah, because we see all throughout the records that we have of Lehi, obviously not everyone's perfect. There are moments of fault, right? But in general, we see these very righteous patterns of parenting. Now, if you are not a parent and you're wondering if this message is still for you, I would argue that it is. <laughs> because, yes, the messages that we're going to be talking about today can help us be better parents, but it also can teach us how Heavenly Father works with us as His children because He's a perfect parent. And it is also a message for anyone who has the opportunity to love someone else and to work with someone else. It can teach us about what it's like to have these dual but sometimes conflicting principles of loving someone dearly who is using their agency in a way that we wouldn't necessarily choose for them. And having to watch that, but also being able to find peace. There are a lot of messages here, and I'm going to be talking about parenting, but it can be applied in a lot of different situations. Now, first pattern that I want to talk about that we find with Lehi as a righteous parent. Lehi sought out the Lord on a personal level. Okay, I'm going to talk about what happens with Lehi, then we're going to kind of dissect it a little bit to find those principles. Lehi saw out the Lord on a personal level. He turns to the Lord. He prays on behalf of his people with all of his heart. Okay. And he receives this vision in return. And in this vision, he sees lots of incredible things. But one of the things that he sees are the abominations of Jerusalem and their consequent destruction which could not have been easy to watch. It wasn't exactly family-friendly, right? This destruction and exile of Jerusalem at the time of the reign of Zedekiah, which is Lehi's time, it was violent. It, was, it wasn't pretty to watch, right? He's, Lehi is watching all these wicked acts from his people that he loves, and then he watched the, watches them get destroyed and exiled. Interestingly enough, this ends how Lehi responds. This is how he responded as he was coming out of this vision where he was shown some of these things. 
This is First Nephi chapter 1, verse 15. It says, And after this manner was the language of my father in the praising of his God. For his soul did rejoice, and his whole heart was filled because of the things which he had seen, ye which the Lord had shown unto him. And Lehi, some of the things that Lehi was shown were these abominations and this destruction, right? So let's, that's kind of this pattern of Lehi turning personally to the Lord and what occurred because of it. Let's talk about the principles, context of parenting. First principle. If you are regularly, regularly turning to the Lord, you will be guided along in the specifics for your family, how to protect your family, right? I'm sure Lehi was seeing everything that was going on in Jerusalem, probably not to the extent that he saw in the vision, but he, he wasn't... <laughs> He wasn't down. He knew what was happening in Jerusalem. He knew that they were not following the Lord, which is why he turned to the Lord and prayed on their behalf. Now, that is actually one of the things that I find really interesting is this vision that he receives came as a result because he was praying about his people in general. He wasn't even praying about his family, at least not in this particular moment, right? He wasn't saying, Lord, I see all these ha things happening. How do I protect my family? He was praying on behalf of his people. But the key here is that he was turning regularly to the Lord so that the Lord could lead him along. And we might not even recognize how the Lord is leading us along in the specifics, but we can take heart in the fact that if we're turning to him, he is leading us along, even if, even if we cannot directly see it. Now, there's another principle, but I don't even know if I want to call it another principle because it's more like an implication of the first principle. It's a principle and an implication. We'll put it in both. Now, this idea that we can, if we're turning regularly to the Lord, we will be guided. What this implication is, is that we can trust him. That we can trust that he's leading us along. Even if we don't directly see it, if we're like, I haven't heard from you in a while, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing, we can trust that he is leading us along. Now, it would be very easy to be overwhelmed by your desire to protect your children to the extent where it actually becomes unhealthy for them, where you're trying to save them from anything that could hurt them and you're bringing them in so close that they are not able to grow and breathe and explore in healthy ways for children, right? Where there comes a point when it would be very easy to just live in fear, but we don't have to. We don't have to live in fear. We can have faith and trust that the Lord will guide us along in the specifics as we turn to him regularly. Even if we don't know the things we're supposed to be praying about, if we're turning to the Lord, he's going to lead us along. Our responsibility as parents is not to protect them from everything because we can't. It's impossible. That's not a commandment that was given to us because Heavenly Father knows it's impossible. Only the Lord can really protect our children. <laughs> you can't save them from everything. You just can't. It's it's impossible. Our actual responsibility as parents is to provide a loving and safe home filled with the Spirit so they can have experiences with the Spirit, to give them guiding gospel principles to where they can make righteous choices that will protect them. And then we constantly turn to the Lord. We keep turning back to Him so that He can guide us along, so that the Lord has opportunities to guide us along. And we can live in peace that the Lord is taking us along the right path. That doesn't mean he's taking us along an easy path. 
In fact, sometimes it might look like he is not leading us in the right direction at all, right? <laughs> it's not necessarily a path that we would take or take for our children, but we can trust that it is the right path because the Lord wants to give us enough experiences to where we're being stretched and we're growing. That's why we came here. But to ha- also how to avoid major pitfalls that can completely pull us off the path. Now, that being said, right, this principle that we can turn to the Lord and trust that He's leading us along. There's a third principle that I want to talk about, and that's the fact that children have agency and you can't force them. You cannot force them to make the right decisions. You can do everything right as a parent and provide all of these things that we just talked about. And you can do that perfectly, but you cannot force your children. Now, my children are young yet. Their self-awareness is limited as well as their awareness of the gospel and what it means and their awareness of choices in general. (laughs) But I have had other loved ones who have made decisions that I wouldn't necessarily love for them. And I've watched them walk away, and it hasn't been particularly easily. And I want you to think about Lehi for a second in this situation, right? Not only his sons, but he loved these people who wanted to kill him. And if not those specific people, he loved these people who he could very clearly see that they were making choices that were going to lead to their destruction and exile. That's where he was. He loved them and he watched their destruction. We saw that he came out of this vision praising God, right? I can tell you that this praising and this comfort that Lehi received had nothing to do with what he was seeing in this vision. Didn't come from this destruction and these abominations that he was seeing. It came from his Redeemer. His peace and comfort when all else was failing, right? And sometimes it can even be scarier, right? When it's our loved ones making destructive choices. When all is failing us around us. And we, there's no happy ending in sight currently because we see the paths that people are choosing and there's nothing we can do to change it. And we know Heavenly Father is not going to purposefully come in and change it because He doesn't step on our agency. When there's no happy ending in sight, there is still peace available. And it is still directly just about our Redeemer. Lehi regularly turned to the Lord and he found peace and praising and rejoicing and a filled heart from the Lord, despite all of these destructive choices that were being made around him, he was still able to find peace. Now, second pattern that I want to talk about (laughs) of righteous parenting. Lehi sent his sons back to Jerusalem. (laughs) And Sarai was not very happy about this decision, right? And I don't blame her for that. In fact, if my husband did that. He's like, we're going to, if we were, if I was in that situation and Connor came to me and is like, we're going to send Warner and Evelyn and KJ back to Jerusalem. If there was ever going to be a time that I was going to doubt my husband's calling, it would have been in that moment, <laughs> right? I would have wanted to go instead like, hey, can't we talk about this with the Lord? Like, shouldn't we go? <laughs> like, 
as they're walking to Jerusalem, there's robbers and all sorts of scary things that can happen to them. And then in Jerusalem, remember all those people that wanted to kill it? It just, as a parent, I would have been like, Emily, father, I feel like I'm supposed to be doing what I can to protect them, not sending them to get slaughtered. Now, by any of today's world's standards, (laughs) this is terrible parenting to send your kids to some place where they can get destroyed along the way to that place, but can also get destroyed in that place. And it's funny because I've received plenty of side eye for some of my parenting choices, (laughs) which is fine. Whatever. But interestingly enough, this was exactly the right path that Lehi was supposed to be taking for his children. He was following exactly what the Lord wanted him to do. And as far as we know, he didn't even question it, right? The Lord's like, I want you to send your sons to go get the brass plates. And Lehi's like, okay, you want my sons. Like, as far as we know, he wasn't like, oh, can I go instead? Maybe he was. That's not that big of a deal. But he followed the Lord in faith and sent his sons to go back to Jerusalem. Now, Laman and Lemuel (laughs) were going to choose what they were going to choose. So they're not the best example to look at. But I want you to look at the results that came from sending his sons to Jerusalem, specifically in the form of Nephi. The experiences that Nephi had by himself on this trip. Experiences that could have very easily destroyed him, at least his physical self. He had these experiences that were pivotal in his personal progression and testimony. He learned very clearly how the Lord works with revelation. He was given an opportunity to exercise his faith in very concrete ways. This is a big leap of faith on Lehi's part, following the Lord to send his sons back to Jerusalem. But because he followed the Lord, Nephi received immense blessings. And they weren't easy blessings, but he received immense blessings. And this is not even counting the fact that he brought Zoran back with him. <laughs> Incredible blessings. There are times when you're a parent or anyone loving anybody, when you feel like you are sending your children right into Babylon, into the heart of Babylon, and it's terrifying. And there are appropriate times to flee Babylon, right? Like <laughs> He was sending his sons back, but in the context of everything, he was taking his family away from Babylon, right? Or what? Or Jerusalem that had become like Babylon. So there are appropriate times to flee Babylon. There are also appropriate times to be in the world, but not of the world. And this goes back to the first principle. We turn regularly to the Lord, and then we trust him when he tells us something, even when it doesn't make sense to us. Even when we're like, that sounds like a terrible idea. Why are we making, why are we choosing this path? We have to follow in faith like Lehi did. Lehi followed, he was turning to the Lord. And when he received instruction of the Lord, he followed in faith, even though it made no sense by the world's standards for parenting. And there will be times when our children still have agency and they choose what's wrong. And I want When that happens, it can be easy to wonder if 
some of it was your fault if you didn't follow the Lord perfectly, right? Because we're talking about all these very ideal principles of if you follow the Lord, he's going to lead you down the right path. If you follow the Lord, he's going to lead you down, right, down the right path. It would be very easy to imply, oh, well, if I followed the Lord, why is this happening? Or I must not have followed the Lord perfectly because my kids aren't choosing what's right. That is not equivalent. <laughs> At the end of the day, your children still have agency. Heavenly Father was a perfect parent, and he lost a third part of his children before they even came to earth. Okay? He's a perfect parent, and he lost some of his children because they had agency, and he wasn't going to step on that agency. Yep. We can do everything perfectly, and we can choose to follow the Lord as closely as possible to provide that home, to provide those gospel principles, to follow the Lord in faith when things seem scary. We can be doing all of those things, right? And our children can still choose wrong. That doesn't mean we failed as parents, but they can still choose. <laughs> those things don't have to come together. Third pattern that I want to talk about in relation to parenting in the first couple chapters of the Book of Mormon. It is absolutely critical for if you want a healthy home, if you want to be a really good parent, if you want your children to be very healthy, it is absolutely critical for a father to love the mother. And I know that is not the only critical ingredient. There's plenty of other critical ingredients, but that is the one that I want to talk about right now because it is specifically in context with Lehi and Sariah. Now, this applies to everyone who has an opportunity to love anybody. Let's talk about it with Lehi and Sariah. Now, Lehi, I want you for just a second to think about the circumstances of Lehi. He was turning to the Lord regularly. He was a visionary man. And because he was a visionary man, he was driven from his, the lands of his fathers, from his inheritance. They were, they left behind a lot of riches, right? They were, there were people who wanted to kill him. He was receiving criticism from his sons. He was living in a tent in the wilderness. And then his wife starts to criticize him and mock him, saying, you're a visionary man, and because of that, my children are going to die, right? I would imagine that his wife not supporting him might have been one of the most stinging effects, I guess, one of the most stinging problems that Lehi was going to face. Because you can face a lot of things, but if you have someone by you to face those things with you and support you in them, it makes it so much sweeter. But his wife turned to him and mocked him and was angry with him. And Lehi could have very easily felt justified in calling her out on it. He could have very easily scorned her back and yelled at her that he lost everything too, just like her, and that he loved his sons too, and he was worried about his sons too. And he could have yelled right back at her like, you want me to do the right thing for my kids? I'm trying to do the right thing for my kids because I'm trying to follow the Lord, right? He could have had this 
he could have blown up right back at her and gotten mad at her for feeling like she was undermining him. But he didn't. He loved her. He took those bitter words that she threw at him, you're a visionary man, and he turned them soft and gave them back to her, saying, I know I'm a visionary man. And I know that because I'm a visionary man, the Lord's going to be able to protect us. He bore his testimony to her, right? And I wonder how Sariah received a testimony of Lehi's prophetic role when her sons came back. But I wonder how Lehi's specific example of compassion also affected her testimony. Not just sending the sons out and having them come back. And she's like, oh, maybe Lehi knows what he's talking about and following the Lord. But his specific example of compassion towards her in one of her rough patches. Lehi exemplified the Lord very well in this instance. He loved her at his word, at her worst Right, And because of this, she was one step closer to understanding the Lord and how he felt about her, right? So because of how he reacted, when difficult things came along in the future, she had felt love before and she could apply that to Heavenly Father and be like, well, he's probably making these decisions because of his love for me. Or she could know in the future when she was hitting another rough patch and she was failing again because we all fail again and again and again. She could have, she could know that the Savior still loved her and was still going to lead her along and speak tenderly and gently and quietly to her, just as her husband did. She could know that because of his example of compassion. I want to bear my testimony of the Book of Mormon. I'm so excited to read it this year (laughs) and to study and come follow me. I testify of a Savior who is going to lead us along the perfect path for us or along the path that is going to bring us the most that we can possibly squeeze out of life. (laughs) He's going to lead us along a path that's going to help us grow and see things and learn things. And he's going to lead us along in this path that in the end, we are going to receive as much as possible for what our agency allowed, right? I testify of a Savior who can protect our families and lead us along. I testify of a Savior who can give us peace in the midst of a world filled with wicked choices and choices even that might be being made by loved ones, I testify that there's comfort in the Savior. And I say these things in the name of Jesus Christ, amen.